Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com and the Odyssey app. If you just missed it, we'll play some cuts for you here. But we were talking to Mike Gennetti of Track and getting his early thoughts. And we'll certainly do this again before free agency really gets going. But we got a little bit of free time between now and Monday when we really start to dive deep into the game to kind of take a big picture look at the Kansas City Chiefs. And we are not that far away from free agency. We are three weeks away from the combine. We are probably, what, three and a half weeks away from seeing big time moves in the National Football League. And the league year starts March 13th, which I know sounds like it's a long way away. But we are six weeks away from next year in the NFL and the business of the NFL. So we are going to see a lot of decisions. We are going to see Justin Fields get traded here in the next five weeks or so. There's probably a couple other big moves that we are going to see in the National Football League. We are not that far away from NFL news that is not related to Super Bowl 58. So we were talking to Mike Gennetti about some of the deals for some of the top free agents for the Chiefs. I think there's two. I think there's Chris Jones and Legereus Need. I think they have two premium players. I think you're going to have to make a decision on which one of them you want to keep. A lot of people are saying, well, what if you franchise tag and sign the other? I don't necessarily see that as being a very realistic option. Just because if you're going to allow an NFL player, especially Snead, so like let's say you franchise tag Jones and you deem him to be the better of the two player. If I'm Snead and I get a chance to hit true free agency at 27 years old, potentially coming off of a Super Bowl, I'm not interested in taking a team-friendly discount with anybody. This is my This is my contract to set up everybody in my family. I've had the team success. It's now to think about myself, think about my family, and what I want to do long-term. I don't think you let a player of Snead's caliber hit true free agency where 31 teams can bid on him and then think that you were keeping that player in Kansas City. If you franchise tag him, then he stays, and you negotiate based off that deal. But if you're an NFL player and you get a chance to hit free agency and you let other teams whine and dine you and bring you out for a visit and tell you how important you are and how you are the missing piece for them to get to the Super Bowl, you sign with that team. And then you saw a guy like Charvarius Ward. Charvarius Ward was a good corner in Kansas City. He then left Kansas City, went to San Francisco. He became a Pro Bowl and an All-Pro caliber player and got a three-year, $40.5 million deal. 
you got to be looking at that, especially as the salary cap continues to grow and think that some of that money is going to be mine. And it certainly is here coming up in just a bit. So we asked him about how he would handle Snead and Jones in the offseason. Here's what Mike Gennetti of Track had to say. Snead's aged. He's probably a more valuable keep at this point in time. His, his franchise tag is around that $19 million mark. So we're talking closer to the value. Chris Jones on $33 million plus, that's a really tough way to operate in March with your salary cap, even if he's certainly tagging tradable right So I think I'm franchise tagging Legereus Need, trying to work something out that makes sense for everybody, and I'm just hammering out some kind of near top-of-the-market contract for Chris Jones. But these are two of your preeminent players. So you've, got to, you've got to prioritize keeping these guys around at least for the first couple of weeks of March. And then if you have to operate with the trade, there'll be teams in on that. I'm kind of looking at contracts, Rob, and I look at Marshawn Lattimore. Like, that's probably a realistic one for Sneed. Marshawn Lattimore signed a five-year, $97 million deal and got $34 million guaranteed. Now, that could be a little bit high. It could be a four-year deal that's basically the same, but... You guys know how NFL contract works. I think that's kind of what Snead is worth on the open market. I think that's a more realistic contract to sign if you were Kansas City. Like, if you were trying to make the puzzle fit and try to make the puzzle work, it is certainly much easier to make Snead's contract work just because it is, what, 40% less than what you think Jones is going to sign for. I mean, contractually, yes, I agree. Just it is easier to fit the puzzle pieces of a Sneed four for 16 a year, four for 18 a year, than it is Jones four for 30, four for 33 a year. I agree with you there, but I also think there's more to this than just the contract puzzle. There are more elements at play than just that. And Sneed has been fantastic this season. He's made himself a lot of money, but I know how I just said, historically speaking, maybe Chris Jones breaks the mold. The mold for the Chiefs has been you walk on a player like Legereus Sneed. Basically, every time a corner has come up, the Chiefs have turned their back on him. Now, Sneed's better than most of those players, if not all those players, but I think there's more to this than just the contract number at play. Veach is a walk-on corner type of guy. No, you're certainly right, but I would say of all the corners that they've had, this is probably clearly the best one that they've had. Like He's a better corner than Charvarius Ward was, where – at the, the guys they've had, they've really had two of those decisions. They had Kendall Fuller was one of them, and they had Charvarius Ward. There's, there hasn't been another corner that you were upset or frustrated that they passed on. Sneed's a better corner than both of them. I mean, Ward was an all-pro this year, so it wasn't like Charvarius Ward was He some... wasn't in Kansas City, though. That's Ward fair. was a good player. He then joined San Francisco, and he's blossoming floors. Like, that is what you want for your guys. Like, with Mike Dana, for example... I think you're happy for Mike Dana. You got Mike Dana on a four-year, $3.5 million contract with Kansas City as a mid-round pick. Yo, salute to him. He outplayed that deal. You know how it is. They kind of throw a little bit of extra money in the NFL pool for players like that. He was supposed to make $1 million. He made two point eight this year. Great player in Mike Dana. You're looking at pro football focus. They have him signing a two-year, $19 million deal and getting $12.5 guaranteed. Part of why this team has been so successful is you have turned guys like Mike Dana into that. You turned Colin Saunders into a player that the Saints gave a good contract to. You have turned Mike Dana into a contract that people want around the league, that he's a guy. And now you trust your scouting, you trust your development, and you go do it with those kind of players. 
But I do think you get to a point where you've developed a guy like uh, Legereus Sneed. You've developed a guy like Chris Jones. You've developed a guy like Trent McDuffie. You've developed, you've developed these great players. You haven't had a problem giving that money to Frank Clark. You didn't have a problem giving that money to Joe Tooney. You didn't ask Joe Tooney to take a team-friendly discount. You didn't have any problem giving Jawan Taylor a million dollars. If I've played at this great level, I want you to treat me just like you would treat me if I was coming from New England or if I was coming from Jacksonville. I want to get paid like those guys too. Taylor got paid. Clark got paid. It's not that they don't have a problem paying people. They just, at least in this case, they have usually walked on their own guys and just chose to go through the draft, which obviously has worked. They've drafted incredibly well at, at a lot of these positions. It is odd. Now, it's just a perplexing thing when you said it. Outside of Mahomes, Kelsey, and, and Jones has gotten his money. I know he's upcoming again, but Jones has been paid. The guys the Chiefs pay are out of the building guys, like Tyron Matthew, his first contract, paid. Orlando Brown Jr.'s franchise tag was paid. He was a big asset when they added him. Joe Tooney is the most expensive left guard in the NFL paid. They paid him. Sammy Watkins, when they brought him in, was one of the more expensive wide receivers in the NFL at the time paid. They do seem to have a propensity to say, Hey, if you're on the team, team friendly, but if you're coming into the team, here's the bag. This is an odd thing. I've never noticed until you pointed it out. I don't even mind it. It's just funny because no one ever asked like, Hey, Jawan Taylor, why didn't you take a team friendly? Dis- he got $20 million a year. What was the team friendly discount for Jawan Taylor? There was not a team that was going to give Jawan Taylor 24. And he was like, nah, you know, I'm signing in Kansas city. That's not what free agency is. If you get a chance to hit free agency, then you go, you cash out. Like that is what you get as an NFL player. You don't get too many chances at these big time deals. You get one, maybe two of them. If you are an NFL player, this is the goal of you being an NFL player. You got to think about it. Your salary is really capped when you get into the league and you can't renegotiate that deal for the first, what, three, four, maybe five seasons. So by that point, you're 28 years old, man. I got one chance to really get paid in this game and make 60, $70 million. If you are a player and who knows what happens, you sign that deal and you get injured and it changes the course of your career. So when you got a chance to bite out of that free agency, Apple, I'm not faulting any player in the league from going out there and getting absolutely paid when you got the chance to do so, which Jones has a chance to get his last big contract and Snead has a chance to get a big contract this offseason in free agency. Speaking of Chris Jones, you and I were talking about this yesterday about him as a potential Hall of Famer. I think I found the Hall of Fame comparison for Chris Jones. I'll tell you who it is. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Kansas City, it's Willie Gay Jr. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Before we talk about very serious football things, this just came across my email. We have the official odds, Rob, of the first song performed by Usher at halftime of Super Bowl 58. Yeah and My Way are the betting favorites at plus 225. So a little bit more than two to one odds. DJ Got Us Fallen in Love is plus 500. Love in This Club is post 600. OMG is plus 800. Superstar is 11 to 1. Burn is 12 to 1. And my boo with him and Alicia Keys, 20 to 1. Rob Brent, I'm going to give you a $10 free play. I'm going to give you a $10 fan duel free play. What are you betting on as Usher's first song? What was the plus 500 one? DJ got us falling in love. That's what I'm playing, my $10. Big hit, big reward. It's a. Good money, a little bit off the beaten path, upbeat, positive vibes, gets the people going in Vegas. Maybe he pops in with someone else in that flow ride in him at the same time. Maybe he pops in there, maybe a surprise guest. I'm going to say DJ guys falling in love again, coming in at number one. You have to pick the favorite, aren't you? Don't pick the favorite. There's I no told fun. you since then, I think that my way is going to be the first song performed at the Super Bowl at plus 225. I certainly hope that he doesn't start with DJ got us falling. I hate that song. Just absolutely hate that song. That's not the usher that I want to hear at the Super Bowl, man. I'm not asking him to go up there and do R&B ballads. I understand that's not what he's going to do. We're starting off with OMG? With Will I Am? That's not what I want. No. Let me ask you a question. Plus 800, though. What are the Swifties' favorite songs from Usher? Because that's the audience we're pandering to at Super Bowl 58. Because the answer is OMG. The Swifties love a nice DJ guys falling in love again. They don't know nothing about my way. Someone said there's no odds on you make me want to. Yeah, I don't think you're starting your Super Bowl set with you make me want to. That might be sprinkled in. That sounds like song number four. You know what I mean? Also, someone points this out. Vegas, the club, the whole, the whole aura of the area. Loving this club just fits. You think that's how he starts? That's how he starts. He comes out with love in this club. Okay. All right. Well, I just I'm here to pass that information on to you guys. I like my way at uh plus two twenty five. That's what I'll be uh I'll be laying a little a little wager on. A little plus two twenty five my way. I don't think I don't think my DJ way is DJ got us falling in love. That's sick. My brother, that's sick. DJ guys falling in love again. Absolutely sick. We got Peter King coming up in a bit. Let's ask Peter King what he thinks. Hey, Peter King, what what do you think the first song of the Super Bowl is going to be? I'm sure he probably knows. You should rephrase it. How many Usher songs do you know, (laughs) Peter King? (laughs) All right. So very serious football things. You know, we were talking about Chris Jones yesterday. And if you were the best defensive player of a dynasty, then you go into the Hall of Fame. You know who I think is the best Hall of Fame comparison for Chris Jones? I think it's Richard Seymour. Now, I was doing some reading yesterday, and I was kind of looking through Hall of Fame players. 
Because at first I was looking at the Cowboys like, hey, who is that Cowboys player? And I was looking at Charles Haley and I was like, no, I don't think that's who it is. And then I was like, oh, wait, let me go to the Patriots. And then I went to Richard Seymour. Now, Rob, you know that I'm real big. You know, I'm real big on accolades. And what did you accomplish? Listen to Richard Seymour. He is a three-time Super Bowl champion. He is a five-time All-Pro He has made the Pro Bowl seven times. He has also won the NFL 2000s All-Decade team. He is a Pro Football Hall of Famer. Now, a lot of you are going to ask about sacks because I keep saying that Chris Jones, or I keep seeing Chris Jones has to get to 100 sacks. Richard Seymour has 57 and a half sacks in his NFL career, and Richard Seymour is in the Hall of Fame. Richard Seymour obviously was a great player. I don't think, like, I think we're now treating 100 sacks like it's 600 home runs and it automatically gets you in. I don't think you have to get to 100 sacks if you're Chris Jones and you have been an all-pro five times and you are widely regarded as the second best defensive tackle of your generation, of your era, and you were a part of every Chiefs team that went to the Super Bowl. It's not like Tyra Matthew. Tyra Matthew was on a team, but he wasn't on the team last year that won the Super Bowl. He's not on this year's team. Chris Jones has been a critical member and has been the best defensive player on now four Super Bowl appearance teams and could be the best player on three teams that win a championship. I don't think that that player has to get to 100 sacks. I think if you're him, you get 91 career sacks. You've got a lot of accolades. I'm looking at Richard Seymour. He never won defensive player of the year, didn't win defensive rookie of the year. He was just a really, really strong player. And now I'm looking at that all-decade team because, you know, I'm big on the all-decade team. If you make that, you usually go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So he was was first team. I think we agree. First team all-decade defensive tackle is probably going to be Aaron Jones or uh, uh, Aaron Donald, right? I think Chris Jones is going to be the other one. So Warren Sapp was first team, and then Richard Seymour was the other one. Both of them are in the uh, Hall of Fame. I'm looking at the entire first team, all 2000s defense. All of them are in the Hall of Fame, but Dwight Freeney, who was once again a finalist. So looking back at that 2000s all-decade team, Dwight Freeney and Michael Strahan, and then the second team was Julius Peppers and Jason Taylor. I think that Julius Peppers gets in this year. I also think that Dwight Freeney gets in this year. D-tackle, it was Warren Sapp and Richard Seymour. It then at linebacker was Derek Brooks, Ray Lewis, and Brian Erlacher. You would put those linebackers in any era. At corner, you had Champ Bailey and Charles Woodson. At safety, you had Brian Dawkins and Ed Reed. I think that Chris Jones is in this conversation. I think he's in this category of players. He certainly is a Zach Thomas, DeMarcus Ware kind of player. I think that Chris Jones is going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Beyond the stats and accolades, the criteria you've been using for the Hall of Fame, and I'm not saying the same criteria that the committee or the voters hold is the same as you, but when you've pushed back on people like Matt Stafford, people like Matt Ryan being in the Hall of Fame, people of that ilk, You've always had the thought, hey, was that guy considered one of the top players at his position in the time that he was on the NFL? Chris Jones passes that criteria because right now he is the, I would say right now he's the best defensive tackle in football. I think he has surpassed Aaron Donald. Now, age and father time, the whole deal, I get that. Aaron Donald has been better over his career than Chris Jones, but in 2024 and 2023, Aaron Donald was the inferior to Chris Jones. If you are the best at your position for an era in the NFL and you are doing it on a team that is racking up Super Bowls 
on your success. It's not like he's great on the Colts. No, the Colts unfair. He's great on the Panthers, but they stink every year. I think you have him in the Hall of Fame. I also think it's pretty easy to put him in the Hall of Fame with a Super Bowl win. That's three Super Bowl championships, what, five Pro Bowls, multiple All-Pros. He still has his multiple years left on his resume. I don't understand the pushback on Chris Jones. He seems like an obvious Hall of Famer to me. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think I think if you are only comparing him to Aaron Donald, then you are just wrong in that. Like someone yesterday, I was having the conversation, and they sent me Reggie White and Aaron Donald. I'm not saying that's who he is. Like we're talking about two guys that are, if you made the all 22 all time, both of them, well, Aaron Donald is for sure on the list. And Reggie White absolutely could be on the list. Like if you were making the all time NFL, all 22 list. So Tom Brady is the quarterback on that team. Barry Sanders is the running back. Jerry Rice wide receiver. You guys get what I'm trying to say. I'm not arguing that Chris Jones is in that conversation. But if you were arguing about one of the best defensive players of all time and whose accolades stack up with some of the greats of all time, I don't really know how you could argue that Jones, I mean, he's probably already there and we're just having this conversation to have it, but I just don't know how you couldn't look sort of at his accomplishments, what he's done, how he compares to all of his peers. And other than Aaron Donald, give me who his contemporary has been. You would probably say Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, Cox would yep. be one of them. He is he has a better career than Fletcher Cox. Maybe you would think Haloti not. Like you can just think of those guys. He's been better than DeForest Buckner, guys. but again, he's been better than DeForest Buckner. Like we can play the game all day of naming good defensive tackles in the NFL. Eric Armstead's good for the Niners to compare to the upcoming Super Bowl. Chris Jones has been better than his contemporaries. And I don't think Chris Jones is like, I'm not, there's no rumor he's retiring. So there is still data he Heck can no, he, add on to his resume. He there's definitely still, ain't retiring with that bag coming uh, up. There's still accolades he can continue to rack up. It's not like, hey, the Hall of Fame is going to vote on February 1st, 2024. He still has more data points to plot. I, I don't understand how Chiefs fans, because it must be the contract. It has to be the contract because Chiefs fans on one hand go out of the way to love up their players. And then we do a topic, Chris Jones, a Hall of Famer, and we get pushed back. No, you guys are nuts. What are you doing? He's got to get 100 sacks to go in the hall. It can't be both. It has to be the contract that has soured fans on him because he seems like an obvious Hall of Famer to me. Rob, you know what? I need a little bit of music, if you can, because I want to ask you a question about your life and how you handle things. So in 2022... They said that they believe the average person spent $88 for Super Bowl Sunday. That number has now been bumped up, as you guys would imagine, you know, inflation and all. They now believe that the average person spends around $116 for the Super Bowl. This has to only be if you are hosting the Super Bowl party, right? Like, if you are the home team for the Super Bowl party which I am never the home team for the Super Bowl party. I'm the visitor. Oh, it's great to be the visitor. But yeah, if you're the home team, yeah, you probably do spend, I would say on the low end, between $100 and $150 for a Super Bowl party. Pizza, wings, you got to make something. You make some Rotel, some dip. People bring their own drinks, etc. Yeah, that's probably on the low end. There ain't nothing better than being the visiting team for Super Bowl Sunday. You know what I mean? You show up. You show up with a bottle of wine and a six-pack. That's all you need. 
So hearing that some of you spent $116 on average for the Super Bowl is mind-blowing to me. The Super Bowl cost me about $25 every single year. I'm going to the store. I'm picking me up a six-pack of something from Boulevard. Everybody loves a lemon rattler. Everybody loves a nice strawberry quirk. I'm showing up with the strawberry quirk. I'm showing up with a nice bottle of wine for the host. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me. Thanks a bunch. It's great to be here and watch the game for you. Super Bowl Sunday, Rob, cost me about $25. So I have two answers to the question, because I would have told you before I was happily engaged in seeing someone seriously, I was in your vein. I had a one-bedroom apartment. I couldn't host. Easy road team energy. It was easy. Show up with, hey, I got, you know, a 12-pack of Boulevard wheat. I got an 18-pack of Coors Light. Have at it, boys. Let's get after it. Maybe it's you bring a something or other, but it was relatively cheap. Show up, hang out, and then you're out of there. You know, maybe you put a little money on squares, but that doesn't really count as part of the process. I'm now happily engaged and have a home, which means I'm far more likely to host. You're hosting it now. And as a host, number gets bigger fast. Because even if you're asking people to bring foods, you got to provide some level of food. Even if you're asking people to bring booze, you got to provide some level of booze. Plus, there's, you know, things like ice. What if someone wants cocktails versus beer? There's hidden expenditures. So I would say 100 to 115 is closer to the number as a host. But I would say as a guest, you can get in for 2025, no problem. Someone on the text line says, CDOT, you're being cheap. Don't bring any wine to my house. What am I supposed to bring to this thing? I brought a six-pack for the fella. And then for you, for Caroline, hey, Caroline, I brought you a bottle of wine. I would like for you to try this. This is a good $16 wine that I brought for you. And then I brought a $10 six-pack from Boulevard. So, yeah, I'm usually getting out of this for about $30. Now, someone said, see, now you're looking at this wrong. If you bring booze aside and then you buy some squares or gamble, it's about $100 on that. So I don't count that as part of what they're talking about. Sure, Super Bowl Sunday, I'm going to spend more than that. But when I lay the gamble down, the plan is that I'm going to get the money back. Like, I'm not making a donation to FanDuel. The plan is that I'm going to put up the 100 and I'm trying to turn that $100 into $210 to pay for all the other things that I've done over the course of that. So I just look at that being as a little bit differently. Oh, but this year I'm bringing, I'm bringing a nice six-pack of Quirk. I've been really heavy on drinking the Quirks now. Like, if I'm going somewhere, hand me a can of that Quirk. I'm taking a Quirk. I'm taking a bottle of wine, and I'm bringing some of that Daisy Dip. And I feel like I've done my part for the Super Bowl shindig. If everybody does that for the Super Bowl party that you're hosting, if you are hosting, you have made the social contract that you're paying for the pizza, that you're paying for the wings, that you got the pulled pork slider. You don't expect me to bring the turkey on Thanksgiving, so I know you ain't expecting me to bring the 40 wings for your Super Bowl party. That is what you signed up for when you chose for us to watch the game over here. Two things. One, I think the host's in charge of, like, the entree. Like, if you bring wings, like, it's a side item, cool, but I got the pizza. If you're going to bring, a, you know, a, a nice rotel, that's fine. I got the I got the wings. I'll hook it up. I'll get some tacos and you know, some sliders. I got something as the main course. But you can't bring Daisy Dip, which is game-changing flavor, by the way. Just incredible. Absolutely game-changing flavor. You can't bring a nice Daisy Dip and not bring chips. 
Uh-uh. You can't put on the host okay, to handle fair. chips. No, you're making good points. I at least got I got a had a ruffles to go with it. You got to finish the job. Okay. You, you can't bring the ball to the five no, and say you know we're what? scoring. I'm, I'm wrong. I'm wrong here. Now, I was just going to bring the daisy dip that we already got here and hope that you already got the chips, that you already got the chips going. Somebody said a nice Rotel. Y'all don't have Rotel at the function? I 100% have Rotel. Yeah, what kind of? That's a standard. That's 100% standard. If it's going to be on football Sunday, whether on September 13th or February 13th, a nice Rotel just gets the people going. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in Charles Superbond. I'm starting to learn, man. I don't even know if this is too America. Some of y'all, it just it doesn't sound very fun to eat over you guys' house. It doesn't sound fun to eat over there on Thanksgiving with some of the stuff. If you don't have a good Rotel, I need that. See, I usually eat in waves at the Super Bowl shindig. Like, I might get the Rotel... Like third quarter. Like when I get there, first place I'm going is where the pizza, where the wings. I'm going to get a couple of slices. I'm going to load my wings up. I'm going to get myself something to drink. And then, you know, third quarter after I ate a little bit, I, you know, hey, let me just snack for the second half. I'm going to just go ahead and eat the nice Rotel dip. You know what I mean? Go ahead and get the little. I like the little, uh, the ones, the scoops with the bowl. Oh, my goodness. Amazing. I need them. Can I ask you a question? Are you a, I've done both. Are you a Super Bowl at the house person or Super Bowl at a bar person? Because I've done both. And I'm yeah, curious. I, I go to a house with the same people every single year. Okay. Every single Have year. Have you never done the bar then? Never been out like to like a, you know, a Johnny's or a Tanner's or something for a Super Bowl? I haven't watched a Chiefs game, not at my house or somebody else's house in probably like 10 years. I just, I get why people do it. I don't need me watching the Chiefs game to be the club. I really don't. I don't need you to turn music on during the commercials. I don't need to take shots after every. I don't need to do all that. I'm okay. I'm just here to watch the game. And I want to watch the game with people that also want to watch the game. Like, I want to talk to you about, hey, what would you do on this third down? Oh, it's a fourth down. Would you go for it? Should they go for two? I want to have those conversations. I want to laugh together at the commercials. I want us to all be watching the halftime show together and talking about it and having a good time. I'm not, I'm not here for my Super Bowl or any game experience. I'm not here for it to be like the club. And I get it. If that's how you enjoy watching football, that sounds great. But all your Chiefs watch parties sound absolutely terrible to me. I think for a Super Bowl, the bar stinks. Like, I would never go to a power and light to watch the Chiefs. That feels awesome. Like the non chiefs, excuse me, like Rams and Bengals. Oh, no. That's at the house of Palooza. That's we're staying in incorporated. But I understand the allure of being out for a Chiefs game because the minute the Chiefs game is over, that Super Bowl bar pivots fast to celebration of Palooza. And suddenly you're popping up on Fox, you're popping up on NBC, and you're already out having a grand old time when the Chiefs have had a victory Super Bowl as opposed to. All right, let me pack up the house. We've had our wins. Let's see if I can slink down to an O'Dowd's for a cocktail to celebrate. I get it for a Chiefs game being out. I want to play this audio for you guys. This is Cam Newton. Cam Newton has a, I don't know if I would say very successful podcast, but people like Cam Newton's podcast. They like his work. He's doing, uh, he's made a great transition to being a YouTuber and a podcaster. He ain't a big Brock Purdy fan. <laughs> Listen to what he said about Brock Purdy. I've never said that Brock Purdy was trash. What I did say is Brock Purdy is a game manager. That's not hate. That's just what I feel to be facts. 
But I still reserve the right to say this. To be labeled a game changer, Brock Purdy has to be the best player on the offensive side of the ball. Mm. And that's not the case. And who's the best player? Christian McCaffrey. Hmm. Man, look, I ain't recanting. And if you really want to just be honest, if you add in the defensive talent and you add in the offensive talent, Brock Parity is the 10th best player on his team. Okay, cool. Did he have a great game? Yes. Is he been playing out of his mind? Yes. Is he a quarterback that's hot? Yes. Yes. But he's still the 10th best player on his team. All right. Now, I do think that there is some truth in what Cam Newton is saying. I think 10th is a little bit low on Brock Purdy, but I'm not here to argue if he's the 7th best player or the ninth. I'm not that invested, I promise you. But I guess the thing to me about Brock Purdy is I don't know why that's not okay with him. Now, there are obviously a lot of teams where their quarterback is their best player. Kansas City, Buffalo, Baltimore. Like we, we can go through the teams. I don't think there's that many teams, though, where the quarterback is their best player. I think Brock Purdy, and the best analogy that I can make is, I think he is a great pass-first point guard. I think if you put him in a good situation like they obviously have created in San Francisco, I think he is one of the better and more consistent quarterbacks that we have in the league. I think when we have these franchise quarterback conversations, we at least need to acknowledge there are not many people that fit even our own criteria for what a superstar franchise quarterback is. Like if I ask you about Trevor Lawrence, it would be split, right? Some of you believe in Trevor Lawrence and think he's that guy. Some of you side with me and think that Trevor Lawrence is one of the more overrated players in the National Football League. That's the fun of it. That is a debate. I don't really hear many people call Trevor Lawrence a game manager, where if I showed you Trevor Lawrence statistics, it looks very game manager-ish to me. I think a lot of it is just perception with Brock Purdy, and he has become the most polarizing player in the National Football League from a play standpoint. And every game, we are nitpicking with the fine-tooth comb what kind of player he is. I think we all know what he is, though. Brock Purdy is fine. He's fine. He's fine. He is a more than capable quarterback, and with the right team and the right situation, he can be good. But the thing is, that's the team that he's playing for. Like, we don't have to play this hypothetical with Brock Purdy if you took him off San Francisco and put him on Washington, but it's the team that he plays for. Yeah, you're right. If you switch Sam Howell and Brock Purdy, Now, I don't think Sam Howell would be doing what Brock Purdy is doing, but Brock Purdy wouldn't be having this level of success. But I think that's the case with a lot of quarterbacks in the league. Like, How many guys in the league at quarterback do you truly believe are game-changing players? And I think the answer is less than seven. Like, I just don't think it's that many of them. I think there's like four or five. There's 32 teams in the league. And most quarterbacks in the NFL are like Brock Purdy. That if you get him the right coach, if you draft well around him, which San Francisco has done, if you develop around him, you can make it work. And that is exactly what they have done. They have made it work. And they are one game away from winning the Super Bowl with their formula. Their formula works. They were one game away from winning the Super Bowl with the quarterback who was just 
older Brock Purdy. I think he's just fine. I don't even say that as like a knock. I, I think Brock Purdy is a good, more than capable quarterback. More than capable. I think he has proven that so far. And I think he's earned that respect over the first two years of him being a starting quarterback. Like for the most part, he hasn't even been an average starting quarterback. He's been good. Since he has taken over as a starter, Brock Purdy has been one of the 10 most productive quarterbacks in the National Football League. I just think we should treat him as such. Now, he's on the low end of that. He's probably the ninth most productive quarterback in the league. But we don't have to talk about Brock Purdy like he's a bum. I think he's capable. We got Peter King of NBC Sports coming up in about 20 minutes. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The home of the Royals is 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. We got Peter King coming up on the show in about 15 minutes or so. Three things that I'd like to talk about that we were just talking about in our previous segment that I like to bring to this one. So we were going through a study that said that the average person spends around $116 for the Super Bowl. Now, I think it is a major difference if you are hosting versus not hosting the watch party. So I was saying that I am always the visitor. I host the AFC championship games, the AFC and NFC, but for the Super Bowl, I am then the visitor. I don't mind. I like being the visitor for the Super Bowl. But if I am going to your Super Bowl party, I am bringing two things. I am bringing a six-pack of whatever I'm feeling at the time from Boulevard, and I'm usually bringing a bottle of wine for the host. Hey, you know what? I appreciate you making your home available to us. Thank you for having us. I really like this wine. I would like to give it to you as a gift and appreciation of you allowing me to come to your Super Bowl function. Someone on the text line said, remind me to never invite you cheap asses anywhere. Good grief. What is your responsibility if you are the visitor to the watch party? Because I would say if you are the host and you are now counting on me to help supply the food for it, then you shouldn't be the host for the Super Bowl function. If you need me to bring the pulled pork sliders to your watch party, you are the one that's trying to get off cheap here. You signed up to be the home team. If you sign up to be the home team for one of these kind of things, I think you are in charge of the food. Now, maybe you communicate, hey, Rob, you make a great buffalo chicken dip. Can you bring the buffalo chicken dip? That's cool. I don't think you have to bring the bu- the buffalo chicken dip and you got to bring a six pack. Your appreciation of coming to the function, if, if you watch the event with eight people and everybody brings something within the 15 to $25 range, I usually think that's good. But I actually think that you're trying to be cheap if you're the host. If you're now trying to, hey, Carrington, can you grab a couple of pizzas? No, that's your job. When you signed up to be the home team, baby. 
I'm not making the wing stop run. That's your job. You go make the wing stop run. You need to be the one out back cooking the ribs and the chicken and doing all those things. That's not my job. My job is to bring the liquor. You don't got to supply any extra liquor. My job is to bring that. Rob, your job is to bring that. But I actually think you're, you're trying to get off cheap if you're the host, and now you're trying to pawn some of the food off on me. I would say as the host, the rule we keep in our house when we have to watch, watch parties is the entree is on us. So like the pizza, if we're doing wings, like peanut, wing stop, whatever, that's on us. If we're doing like a slider or something like that, the the entree falls onto us. But like I might communicate, hey, can you bring a daisy dip? Hey, yeah, can you bring yeah, a that, rotel? That's fair. I don't mind that. Can you buffalo chicken? Hey, can you bring a dessert? Like we try to do the entree and a side or maybe a dessert, but there's a thought that it'll fill in when other people bring their own stuff. But I'm also supplying some level of beer for people. But if you have a niche like, like, let's say you come to my house, you might not like my bourbon barreled IPAs that I have in the fridge. Oh, hell no. That's fine. Don't drink them. But you, then you, you're, you be drinking that during the game? Oh, it's, it's a time. Okay. It's. You get, a lot of things are starting to make sense. You got to put it in a glass. So Whenever class we talk it up. about this, it makes sense. You're telling me you're watching the game. And you what? What are you? What's going on over there? A nice bourbon a barrel, barreled IPA. Uh, what is it? What are you drinking? A bourbon barreled IPA. <laughs> it's an IPA. Are you trying front? to go to sleep in the second quarter? <laughs> are you trying to go to sleep? <laughs> I hope you know. I hope Bank Bank brings brings one of those tomorrow. I just want to see it hit your lips. Just see what happens. <laughs> I just don't understand. I don't get what's going on here. Uh, someone we were talking about Brock Purdy in the comments from Cam Newton, and someone said, "See, you can't just look at the stats. The eye test counts as well." You mentioned Trevor Lawrence. He is being asked to do more for his team than Brock Purdy is. Trevor gets his stats by being the guy in Jacksonville. Purdy gets his stats by being asked to play well when they need him. If Trevor was in San Francisco, how do you think he would do? But to me, that argument usually lets players like Trevor Lawrence off the hook for just being average. Like a lot of it to me is perception and where you get drafted that this season in the National Football League, Brock Purdy had a higher completion percentage. Brock Purdy threw for more yards. He threw for more touchdowns and fewer interceptions than Trevor Lawrence. Yet he is the one that gets all the questions of the world. And we allowed Trevor Lawrence to just, oh, I mean, he's a franchise guy. You got to pay him. Oh, you got to fire the coach. It's not on him. Wait, hold on. These two guys play the same position in the same era of the NFL. Brock Purdy has been better than Trevor Lawrence the last two years in the NFL. He has been a better player. I don't hear near the amount of questions about Trevor Lawrence that I hear about Brock Purdy. Every game, if if Brock Purdy throws an interception, oh, he stinks, get him out of here. I love uh, Andrew Filippone. You know that's my guy. Pony from uh, Pittsburgh. Before the AFC or NFC championship game, me and him were talking and he said that he, if if they had lost the game, he thought they should have went out to go get Russell Wilson. We never have this conversation about any other young quarterback in the league besides Brock Purdy, where to me, a lot of it is where he got drafted. If Brock Purdy, the same player had been drafted in the second round, we would not talk about Brock Purdy this way. Some of it is just how unbelievable it is that they hit on quarterback so late in the draft, and you're not supposed to hit. You're not supposed to have a quarterback as good as Brock Purdy where he was drafted. That's a guy that just ends up never being heard from again 
or a guy that ends up being on the practice squad or a guy you only see in preseasons. You're not supposed to go to the Super Bowl with the last pick in the draft. If Brock Purdy, the same player out of a major college, it ain't like Brock Purdy went to some UMKC tech. He went to Iowa State University. If he was the 57th overall pick, we would not talk about Brock Purdy this way. We talk about how smart San Francisco was and how they saw him, drafted and developed him, how great he was, and we'd be arguing about paying Brock Purdy. I 100% believe that about him. I think we'd still point out his limitations in that world, though, because, like, the text line made this comparison. I think it's fair. But really quick, then, sorry to cut you off, but we talk about the limitations with 27 quarterbacks in the National Football League. That's probably fair. Like, there's only four or five quarterbacks that we don't talk about their limitations. We talk about the limitations of the current NFL MVP. Lamar Jackson is going to win the MVP on Thursday. We talk about his limitations. So that's not a thing that's unique to Brock Purdy. I was going to say, because... I think if he was drafted in the first, second, or even early third, we'd talk about him the way people talk about a Dak or a Daniel Jones or a Kirk Cousins. It's great, but what happens when he gets that real money? How's the team affected? He's a game manager, this, that, and the other. But you're right. I think his draft status or draft profile has changed the conversation around him. I am fascinated by what happens long-term at Purdy because I would imagine, I wasn't doing radio in 2001, but I imagine oh one. A lot of these Purdy conversations echoed Brady conversations. Well, let's see what happens with an elite defense. Let's see what happens with this, that, and the other. I think those things were happening for Tom Brady, a sixth-round backup pick in New England, but he became the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm curious if Purdy can bury this narrative or if he just ends up being exactly what people think he is, a late-round pick who thrives because there's talent around him. When the talent around him begins to dry up, his talent dries up too. I want to read this to you. I know we got Peter King coming up. When I host for the Super Bowl, I usually spend around $300. I ask the guests to bring liquor. Just don't buy and bring cheap liquor. What would qualify as like cheap liquor for you, Rob? Like, let's say that I'm coming over and I bring a bottle of Tito's. Does that count as cheap liquor? No, no, Tito's is nice. Yeah, but Tito's also isn't expensive. I would say. Like like right now, you can get a a one-and-a-half liter bottle of Tito's for $28. That is not expensive. I would say anything that you buy at a bar that's considered the well. So like if you brought Evan Williams to my house as whiskey, no, that's cheap. Don't do that. Just bring Jack, Daniels. Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels is probably the, the, the lowest hurdle to clear. Okay, I, just, I was wondering. That, that counts as number. cheap. Yeah. It's a notch above your Evan Williams. So if I bring gate, uh, if I bring gray goose to the function, yeah, you that's okay. Check a box. Which and is we'll, the $20 bottle. I'm going to say, do people think Grey Goose is yeah, cheap? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know what counts as cheap liquor. Like, I got to bring $100 scotch to watch the game with you. I don't know. I don't know what counts as cheap. Like, you don't need the to bring. The text line is always rich uncle money bags yeah. when it comes to this. But then they get mad about $15 to park at a baseball game. Like, oh, I don't want to go to the game. It's $15. If you bring Kirkland. But you're only drinking $60 pours of scotch. If you bring the Kirkland tequila, get out. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Now you, yeah, you're going crazy. Like, you can get Grey Goose for $23 at Walmart. That counts is the good stuff that's what we're drinking I mean, the finest of gray goose there's name cachet so yes okay i just didn't know i, I just asking i that's why i would that's why i was coming to you i didn't know because i'm bringing the i'm bringing the 16 bottle of wine that's what i'm bringing i'm bringing that and i'm bringing the 10 six pack i might just go to the grand slam down the street and grab you a angry orchard off the thing and i'm pulling up smiles and all Coming up on the other side, we'll be joined by Peter King of NBC Sports. Come right back. It's the drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 